the heart of art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino, and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today, we have a very special show planned for you. We have Elena Reese, who is the artistic director for the Friends of Chamber Music. She stopped by, and we spoke a little bit about um, her love for music and her two master's degrees in music. Um, we also talk about what concerts are coming up from the Friends of Chamber Music for their 2022 to 2023 season. Uh, so you might want to stick around and see what uh, lies in store for this season. And now for our announcements, uh, I did want to say happy Howdy Week to all those students that are coming in. I can see the traffic is, is lining up. It's getting longer as we speak. Um, but we all know that's how the first week of classes go. So <laughs> um, let's be patient and let's wait until these students get the hang of, of their schedules, right? <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, happy Howdy Week. I hope you all uh, achieve all those goals that you have for yourself this semester. And um, I did want to give you guys a reminder that uh, the theater company will be presenting Head Over Heels uh, starting Friday, August 26th. And Head Over Heels is a musical comedy about a love story set to the music of the iconic 1980s all-female rock band The Go-Go's. Um, and they have songs such as like We Got the Beat, which I'm sure you know of. And actually, one of our past interviewees, Tyler Lewis, is going to be in this presentation of Head Over Heels. They play Pythio, and it's going to be a great time for the whole family. So make sure, if you can, go to the theater company, uh, get some tickets, because they are selling out. Um, I did want to remind you guys of the email. Uh, if you have any artists that might want to be interviewed, or if you have events that you want to promote to the community, uh, make sure to email theheartofart at tamu.edu. And I encourage any of you students listening um, to please reach out if you are an artist and you want your art to be observed by the Bryan College Station area. Uh, please reach out. All right, let's start the show. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. Her name is Elena Reese. She is currently the artistic director at Friends of Chamber Music and has been a part of the organization since 2003. She has a two masters, one in music history, literature, and theory, and another in musicology and ethnomusicology. So she is really using uh, her skills at Friends of Chamber Music. So hi, Elena. How are you today? Hi, Hector. I'm glad to be here. I'm very glad to have you. Um, I was wondering what being artistic director for the Friends of Chamber Music actually entailed? It entails a lot of things. Yes, I bet. <laughs> uh, we try to make a good balance bet between our um, artistic uh, desires mm -hmm. in forming our season and our financial means, right. which is uh, not an easy thing to mm -hmm. do. So uh, basically it entails uh, forming a season uh, working with a list of uh, prospective candidates and uh, going through it and trying to see which artist or which group suits us the best, uh, is the better match for our upcoming season, uh, why it is so, then it uh, also entails uh, um, working with the agencies and uh, trying to wiggle around uh, their schedules right. because it's not an easy thing to find uh, the time in the calendar when the artists are on route and when they are not flying 
specifically to College Station, but uh, maybe to big metropolitan areas around us, and then can make a quick trip to College Station. Brian. Right, yeah. So At least that is our uh, intention every time. Uh, sometimes, though, it happens that musicians come here specifically for our concert, uh, mm-hmm. for, for their concert here in College Station Bryan, and uh, they are not uh, having any other concerts in Texas, oh, wow. period. So, uh, and that, those are very special situations for us. Yeah, because it's such a missed opportunity if they're not <laughs> yeah, coming. Right, and also you asked about uh, artistic direction. Uh, it's basically, it is that uh, I try to see what's the best for the organization and the best for the area, for our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, we need to find a good balance. Uh, perhaps uh, uh, friends of chamber music, uh, let's say hypothetically, would like to um, have a lot of uh, modern music, of contemporary composers, of uh, musicians who would perform that uh, m- that music in our series. But it is very well understood that uh, our listeners, our audiences, and it's not an exception; it's happening worldwide. Uh, they are very well accustomed to and uh, longing for real classical music mm-hmm. instead of uh, ultra-contemporary uh, audio, sound, sonic landscapes. Right. And uh, we try again to find balance between this and that in our programming because uh, some groups, they intend to actually incorporate modern music in their overall classical programs. Mm. So we need to negotiate with them on that ground as well. And of course, the financial constraints that we have and uh, that we work with, this is another consideration and it is a big one Mm -hmm. also. So all of that. Yes, I mean, I can definitely tell that your organization of Friends of Chamber Music really takes into consideration everyone in the community because I, I've seen about the educational outreach programs you all have for children through all the way through college. So, um, yeah, y'all are definitely very uh, involved in the community and we really appreciate that. And I do want to go talk a little bit more about that later, but I do want to go a little bit into your personal story and where you got your love for the arts. Um, so uh, this master's in musicology, what exactly does musicology mean? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, is, that, that is a question that I believe many, many people have, but very few are uh, not afraid to ask mm-hmm. <laughs> because it sounds very <laughs> unfamiliar and strange. Um, musicology is basically, it means study of music. Um, it uh, incorporates on the ground level, it incorporates music history as a focus of study. Mm-hmm. And uh, that would mean that uh, certain composition taken uh, for analysis represents not only a set of music notes written on paper, but also the whole societal narrative and societal attitudes of the time when that composition was created. So with all these considerations, with the previous history of music behind that composition and uh, all previous musical developments that led to it, there is a lot to unpack in every single work of music that you have 
either in front of you on the uh, music stand or you listen to. Uh, we can talk about uh, musicology being a specifically academic area of research, uh, but we can talk about musicology being actually applied to what we hear on stage nowadays. Uh, for example, uh, such a special field in uh, musicology as uh, research and as performance is early music, music of Renaissance, Baroque, and uh, basically that is it up to the classical era. Uh, so that music incorporates a lot of study uh, about the instruments it's themselves because obviously those instruments differ very much from what we have nowadays and uh, uh, that musicological research could be applied to the performance today very well and uh, i hope that we will have and uh, uh, enjoy the uh, one of the um, examples of it in our final concert of the season this upcoming season but we can talk about that later mm -hmm. awesome uh, where did your your love for music begin were you uh in classes uh, early on in your childhood or how did you get into your love for music um i was born and raised in russia and at the time it was very typical for parents who were well educated and uh, sought some uh, good education and good cultural grounding for their kids to have some music in the in in the child's life. Right. So um, yes, it was a very typical case. I my, I remember my mom brought me to uh, well apparently they my my parents found, uh, noticed or observed some interest that I shown to music around me and my mom brought me to uh, a music teacher and I started there and then it sort of never stopped because <laughs> I went from that music teacher then to school of music then to the college of music then to conservatory and uh, sometime in, when I was in uh, my probably high school I realized that I wanted that to be my professional life but mm. it started very typical for many, many Soviet children uh, right. that were, were bring, brought up at that time. Yes, I have actually heard that before. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I guess they prioritize music as like a, a form of education, right? Like a form of knowledge. And, and I think that's really admirable. Um, what was it about music that made you want to dedicate your life to it? I felt some connection to it on a very... Um, I would say basic emotional level always, and uh, I when when I um, when I had that idea that I loved something, uh, a piece of music that I heard, I had a very simple and direct desire to learn how to play it, and in many cases it was practically uh, unreachable that goal because. <laughs> Uh, that, that would have uh, entailed, uh, yes, becoming a performing artist. But um, and I was not uh, to 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 be that. But at the same time, I found it very interesting to learn about uh, how certain historic time, how certain time in human society uh, formed certain 
music compositions, how they were connected intrinsically. And uh, um, I found it fascinating to, f to find that actually uh, what uh, this or that musical gesture represents is not only the um, out of the blue desire of the composer to uh, project his own thought or his own emotion into sheet uh, into the music notation, but it is a sign of time, mm -hmm. and uh, that is uh, a thought that uh, that was a thought that uh, actually pulled me into uh, musicology and into research. Wow! So it's more about like the, the societal context behind the music for you. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, so, in order to have these, I, I think your your love for music has led you to, I bet, learn a lot of instruments. <laughs> you know, to have a, a master's in musicology, do you have to know uh, like a lot of instruments, or how many do you know? Well, I would love to say yes, but I don't. Uh, it's been it's been piano all these years, piano. so I have a minor in piano, and uh, I taught in, when I was in Russia. I taught somewhat, some to some extent, piano, but it was not my primary interest then. Uh, when I moved here, I started teaching piano privately, and uh, then I made a big gap in that by going back to graduate school here. Uh, but now I am back to teaching piano, and I find it very enjoyable and very rewarding. And why would why did you choose Friends of Chamber Music to express that love for music? What is it about this organization that drew you? Was it about the community engagement, or what was it about? It was the openness of that organization. I remember it very well, uh, the time when, uh, first or second time I, I attended the concert, um, it amazed me that people who actually put it all together for the for the audience to see the artists on stage, to hear what they perform, to organize all of that, those people, the board members, were very open to ideas, very open to communication with me and with anybody. Uh, they were out there in the audience uh, uh, having casual conversations with many, many members of the audience. And uh, I was taken by it. And I thought, um, that's fantastic. I could be part of it. Right. So that was that, probably. Mm -hmm. And now you get to do the same for others, right? <laughs> well, I try to. <laughs> um, so what events do you have planned for this new, starting September, right? Starts the new season? Yes, mm -hmm. uh, we start new season in late September, September 29th, great. and uh, we uh, decided to follow up on, on that great um, great concert we had uh, last season. It was the first uh, concert of the season. It, we called it Jazz Prelude to the Season a year ago. Uh, because we wanted to make sure that our audience understands uh, it's not the main season start yet, but it is a special concert before the main season. Now, having that uh, success and that uh, great uh, first jazz performance we had last year, we are incorporating it into our season, and we still start with a jazz concert. Um, I'm glad you asked about that because uh, we'll have an absolutely awesome musician. She's 22 year old 22. from Bronx, 
New York City, mm-hmm. and uh, she is uh, an African American young lady uh, who already in 2019 won um, Sarah Vaughan International Vocal Jazz Competition. She's really, really special. And what makes her special to me, it was that when I was uh, looking through the lists and lists of the artists, I came across her name. I knew nothing about her. I decided, first of all, to listen to one of her recordings. And I put it on um, sound, and I didn't look at the screen at all, uh, at the monitor at the time. Uh, And when I heard it, I had to turn around and look at it because I couldn't believe it. The sound, the uh, color of her voice was so old-fashioned. It is so Mm -hmm. old-fashioned. As if she was channeling um, Ella Fitzgerald, wow. uh, s- singers of that generation. Mm-hmm. It is it is absolutely amazing, and uh, I decided we must have her. We must. Uh, we started uh, talking about with the agency about that long, long time ago, and finally it came to uh, uh, finalization of our uh, contract and everything. And she will be coming. It will be her first solo performance in Texas ever. Really? And if you look at her uh, touring schedule, uh, upcoming touring schedule, it is uh, (laughs) fantastic. Uh, She uh, has concerts, basically a concert every two, two or three days in different locations. And it is one month she is in the States and next month she is uh, out uh, overseas in Europe someplace and she's touring and uh, performing all the time all over the place and uh, with just 22 years old she has gained a tremendous following on uh, actually TikTok of all places yes and uh, when you look at uh, her TikTok uh, short segments and uh, recordings and videos it is amazing. She's uh, bringing together people by singing jazz. She's bringing huge crowds by singing jazz. Wow. It, it yeah. is, she is an amazing artist, truly. We are very fortunate to have her. And That's so the young. first performance. Yes. Yeah, September 29th, right? Right. And then after that, uh, we'll have four other concerts. Why f- only five we have this season? It is because one is so very special. It is another one that I'm going to talk about in Mm -hmm. a short while, uh, that uh, this one was and is uh, above our budget uh, currently. So we had Mm -hmm. to reduce the number of concerts. I would love to have six, but this season we had to reduce it to only five. Um, But we'll have a string quartet, an American string quartet, again, very young and very accomplished already. Uh, coincidentally, they won uh, first prize at a very prestigious string quartet competition, the Banff International String Quartet Competition, in 2019, as well as Samara Joy did. So um, they will be performing in November, it will be a beautiful concert, a very classical and dramatic program, and I hope everybody will enjoy it because uh, we have uh, the tradition of presenting extraordinary good string quartets here in the area. 
Um, the next concert after that will happen only in February, but that one is super special for us. It will be Midori. Midori, uh, the great legendary violinist, uh, one of the really outstanding violinists of today. And uh, again, it happened that we have been uh, maintaining our uh, correspondence and the relationship with the, with your agency. And finally, it came to the point that, yes, she will have a few days on your very special tour that will be a, a tour celebrating your 40th anniversary of professional career. Amazingly, she counts her professional career with the first in instance when she appeared on stage with Zubin Mehta in front of the New York Philharmonic. Wow. Uh, and it was 40 years ago, but she was 11 years old at wow. the time. She was definitely gifted. Right. And uh, at that, uh, that uh, concert, she uh, considers being the starting point for her professional career. So um, she will have a special tour dedicated to that, to that anniversary. And uh, she has a couple of days between her concerts on the West Coast in California and her final concert of the tour in Carnegie Hall. So will be that stop before the last stop before Carnegie Hall. She will play here and uh, then go up to uh, the culminate to culminate her celebratory tour in Carnegie Hall. Well, very lucky for you for that. Yes, definitely. I'm looking very much forward to it. Uh, I never heard Midori in live concert, and I believe it will be a treat to many, many music lovers here in locally and also beyond the borders of. College Station Brian, for sure. Um, then we'll have um, a very special, uh, interesting uh, fellow. He is a, a German organist, and uh, he, uh, Christian, uh, Christian Schmidt, a young German organist. Uh, we decided to have an organ concert, which is not typical. Uh, chamber music uh, considered the boundaries of what chamber music uh, traditionally is, um, but we decided to go forward because uh, I think that there has been a um, desire and a sort of um, uh, intention of public to hear a good public concert of organ. Yeah. And uh, there is a huge tradition, of course, of organ music in churches around here. And we decided that uh, that will actually benefit our season. And we are bringing uh, that young and very audacious and very accomplished musician here. His program will include everything that it, it will be just the highlights of uh, organ repertoire from Bach, music of Johann Sebastian Bach, and it will be, of course, one of the uh, iconic works of Bach uh, that he will start his program with, up to uh, Romantic era, and uh, that will be a sort of a brief history of organ music um, for, for our audience. I, I hope that many people will appreciate that. Um, and the last performance, it is the one that we talked briefly at the very beginning, it will be uh, I would say an 
outstanding individual who resides in Houston, of all places, and teaches at Sam Houston State University. He is a world-renowned musicologist because he is a researcher in very specific areas of music. One is early music and music of early classical era, and another is music of Bruckner, of German composer, romantic composer. Um, but I don't want to even um, confine him into uh, by the boundaries of these two research fields because he's much bigger than that. He is a keyboardist who is a master on all keyboard instruments, wow. organ, harpsichord, piano, uh, uh, forty piano, all varieties of keyboard. Uh, he plays it at a master level. He's a conductor, and he just formed his own early music group, and he called it Harmonia Stellarum Houston. Uh, and uh, that will be that performance where there will be a, a rather large vocal group, uh, strings, and those uh, Baroque, uh, late Renaissance instruments that we already briefly talked about. Mm -hmm and it will be our last concert of the season. I hope that this will fill the uh, niche for early music that we have been uh, feeling, like we have that lack of early music. We have been having that for a number of years, and I hope that it will be very well appreciated by our audiences. Definitely, wow. There's so much to expect from Friends of Chamber Music. Thank you so much for, for listing that out for us. Uh, and if you guys want to check it out, make sure to check out fcmtx.org for the dates and locations, right? Because those, that's also an important thing because they're in different locations, right? Right, they mm -hmm. are. Because two two concerts of this season will happen at the Ryder Theater, two concerts of this season at AM United Methodist Church, and one at First Presbyterian Church. All right. Well, make sure to go to that website and check out where... Uh, your concert is and if people want to show support for Friends of Chamber Music where could they go? Well first of all they could support us by volunteering for uh, Friends of Chamber Music and uh, approaching us by email and email is very simple it is info at fcmtx.org and uh, support the financial support it is um, uh, that we live on support of our patrons, of our donors, of our loyal and very trustworthy followers throughout the years. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, of course, they can go to the website or they can send their donation via check to our uh, mailing address. But that mailing address is very simple as well. It, it could be found on our uh, website easily. All right, awesome. But yeah, I encourage everybody to uh, please support Friends of Chamber Music if you can, because they are providing great music for the Brazos Valley. And uh, this has been Elena Reese, the Artistic Director at Friends of Chamber Music. Thank you so much for stopping by. Well, thank you, Hector, for having me. I appreciate it. It was been, it's been fun. Of course, looking forward to future collabs.
All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And a big thank you to Elena uh, from Friends of Chamber Music for stopping by and uh, talking to us about what concerts they have coming up next. If you didn't get that uh, website, it is fcmtx.org. All right, have a great week and make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu.